St. Joseph's Health presents another edition of its podcast, St. Joseph's Health MedCast. Cardiovascular care has advanced quite a bit, and newer technologies like robotic surgery have streamlined procedures and improved patient outcomes. Here to discuss minimally invasive cardiac surgery and procedures is Dr. Charles Lutz, a cardiac surgeon at St. Joseph's Health. Hi, Dr. Lutz. Thanks for being here. Can you explain a little bit more about robotic surgery and the role it plays in cardiac procedures? Sure. Sure. Robotic surgery is really just a subcategory of minimally invasive cardiac surgery. So the da Vinci robot basically is what we use to perform surgery uh, by basically avoiding the breastbone dividing incision. So the traditional cardiac surgery incision is basically down the middle with the breastbone and 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 when we do that, we're dealing with a broken bone, so that really prolongs the patient's recovery compared to not doing that, basically. So with robotic surgery as a minimally invasive cardiac surgery in general, we're going on the side of the chest, going going between the ribs, and basically the da Vinci robot allows us to do the procedure through the smallest incision possible, kind of with a limited amount of uh injury or trauma to the patient's body. So really for robotic surgery and cardiac surgery, we really use the robot for two procedures uh, in general. So it's basically, it's a minimally invasive coronary bypass surgery. And the other procedure that we do is mitral valve repair with the da Vinci system. So the da Vinci system really allows us to uh, to really basically do the, do the procedures through very small incisions. Uh, it gives us the, basically the view of the anatomy. Uh, it's, it's magnified 15 times. We have 3D vision, so we really get a great view of the anatomy. It allows us to do very precise work that is very difficult to do without that, without that device. So, so really, it's you know, coronary bypass surgery as well as uh, mitral valve repair are the two main procedures that we uh, that we use the da Vinci system for. Yeah, that sounds pretty incredible. And and how do you figure out who is a good candidate for a robotic surgery? Well, it really depends on the procedure. So let's take coronary bypass. Uh, in general, cardiac surgeons are called in to treat what's called three-vessel coronary disease, where patients have blockage in all three major arteries that supply the heart muscle. Uh, and that's really a procedure that has to be done through a conventional approach, uh, you know, through the breastbone dividing incision. We can do that uh, procedure in some patients without stopping the heart. So, so that's one kind of a minimally invasive approach uh, that we can do in certain patients. Uh, so for the robotic procedure, we, we, we do those procedures in patients that only have single vessel disease. So have a have basically disease in their left anterior descending coronary artery, so it's an isolated problem. Uh, uh, so the, those are the best candidates. So really, part of it depends on the anatomy. Uh, in certain patients that have disease in multiple vessels, we can do what's called a hybrid approach. So really, there's kind of three ways to treat coronary disease. One is just with medication. Two is with stents. Three is with bypass surgery. So we can combine bypass surgery and stents with this hybrid approach. So we can do a robotic-assisted bypass, uh, and then we can have the cardiologist stent the other vessels. Uh, that's, that's a newer procedure. It's a newer minimally invasive technique. We're actually part of a national trial that's kind of evaluating that 
technique versus other forms of uh, treatment. So, uh, you know, so so that's a newer procedure. So basically we have, you know, we have options, uh, but it really depends on the patient's anatomy uh, and what they need done. Certainly if they have a lot of diffuse disease and need multiple bypasses, then robotic surgery is really not the best option for them. Uh, for mitral valve repair, really, it depends if, you know, really they have to have an isolated mitral valve condition. So mitral valve prolapse, mitral valve regurgitation, which is probably the third most common uh, uh, condition that cardiac surgeons deal with after after coronary artery disease and aortic stenosis being uh, number one and number two, mitral valve disease is third. So if a patient just has an isolated mitral valve problem, mitral valve prolapse, those are the best candidates for the robotic mitral procedure. Yeah, it sounds like there's a, a lot of facets to this robotic surgery. Um, typically, how long does it take to get good at it? Well, we've been, really, it's not really a new procedure for us as we've been uh, performing a robotic surgery since 2004. So really, it sounds new, but it's really not that new for us. We're fortunate we have two cardiac surgeons, myself and Dr. Zoe at St. Joe's, that perform robotic surgery. So that's pretty unusual in the cardiac surgery field to have two surgeons and all the surgeons that St. Joe's perform minimally invasive surgery, which is uh, basically, a, you know, we can apply minimally invasive approaches to to more patients. Robotic surgery is a little bit more narrowly focused, you know, depending on what we're doing. Let's talk about the evolution of catheterization versus open chest and why that's important to us. You know, for patients, we're talking about patients with coronary disease. In general, all those patients need, you know, basic medical treatment. So that's kind of the foundation, no matter what you have done in terms of a procedure. So, so basically, those are the, you know, in terms of medication, there's kind of three big ones: aspirin, beta blocker, uh, 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 medications, and then the statin medications, the cholesterol ones, as well as risk factor modification, stopping smoking, uh, exercising. So those are all key for everybody. And then, so stenting versus bypass surgery. In general, if you only have one or two disease vessels, uh, in general, that's a, you know, a situation that's probably better treated by stents uh, because it's hard to beat, uh, it's hard, certainly hard to beat the lack of invasiveness of a stent. I mean, it's a, it's a catheter-based procedure. There's no incision. Uh, and, you know, certainly if the lesions are, are focal and discrete, then, then that's usually the best situation for stenting to be successful. Certainly if there's more disease that involves all three major arteries or what's called the left main coronary, which is the start of the left coronary artery. Uh, in general, significant disease with that pattern is better treated by bypass surgery, but there's obviously a lot of individual patient factors and things that go into deciding what's best for each patient. So I think the key key and certainly in all the guidelines and what we try to practice here is to is to use what's called the heart team approach where you have you know we have a cardiologist a cardiac surgeon that uh, basically consult on the patient certainly if, if a patient has the pattern of disease that's better with bypass surgery uh, that you know we try to get try to get uh, multiple opinions basically in a you know a team approach to decide what the best treatment is for each patient. Yeah, the team approach definitely sounds like the best. So can we talk a little bit about the transcatheter aortic valve replacement procedure? Sure, sure. 
Yeah, Tabard is, uh, is also known as transcatheter aortic valve replacement. That's certainly been a revolution in, uh, in aortic valve surgery. There's no doubt about it, basically. Is in this country and in, and in Europe, about half the va- aortic valves placed are are done via transcatheter approach or with you know via TAVR. So uh, so basically, uh, you know uh, what TAVR treats and what aortic valve replacement treats most commonly is aortic stenosis, which is the most common valve problem that exists. Basically, so it's a fairly common procedure, uh, and so. Traditional aortic valve replacement is done through the you know the breastbone dividing incision and and TAVR is a catheter based procedure. So basically, we don't take the old valve out. We're just placing a catheter valve that replaces the aortic valve. And it's kind of amazing that it works, but it works actually uh, fairly well. So it was first tested in a higher risk group of patients, so patients with a higher risk of complications and and dying basically after cardiac surgery and it was found to be pretty much equivalent to surgery in that in that group of patients so it, it was approved several years ago for that indication it's since been approved for what's called the intermediate risk group of patients so patients that have a risk of death is kind of in that middle middle group so it is an option uh, so basically the advantages of the TAVR that that it you cannot beat the minimally invasive aspect of it. It's uh, most commonly done through a groin uh, puncture, catheter-based procedure. So uh, you certainly can't beat that. Uh, and you know, patients go home from the hospital faster. The the downside is we don't have uh, we don't really have long-term durability data on these valves. So it's a newer procedure. Uh, so we don't really have any long-term outcome uh, data. The valves we don't get quite as good of a seal with a catheter valve. So there's there's a higher leak rate. Uh and there's also clearly a higher pacemaker rate after after a catheter valve procedure versus uh uh you know versus a standard aortic valve replacement. So so that's you know and uh the big group is the other the group that is currently being tested and we were part of the of a major trial of I don't know uh, that those two treatment options is the low risk group of patients. So patients at low risk of of complications or death after heart surgery, comparing in that group of patients uh, what's called surgical aortic valve replacement versus uh, transcatheter aortic valve replacement. So that we don't know what the results are going to be like in that in that group of patients yet because those trials haven't been haven't been published yet or haven't been, you know they've just been completed but. The data hasn't really been accumulated in all the studies yet, so so that it you know it definitely has a place, definitely has a place in uh, you know generally older patients that are higher risk for surgery uh, that have other comp- you know complicating factors that make traditional surgery higher risk. Uh, so you know catheter valve is probably the better option for those patients, but again, it's really a heart team approach that's key. So we have a group of you know. Uh, cardiologists and cardiac surgeons that evaluate each patient, and then we discuss every patient that uh, basically gets a catheter valve at a conference and decide kind of what the what the best treatment option is for is for each patient, because there's certainly a lot of patients where surgery is better, and there's a lot of patients where a catheter valve is a better option. So. 
Yeah, with so many different options, it seems like that team approach is really the best way to go. So I just want to say thank you so much for your time. And for more information, please visit everybeatmattersjh.org. That's everybeatmattersjh.org. This is St. Joseph's Health MedCast from St. Joseph's Health. I'm Prakash Chandran. Thanks so much for listening.